Let us uh, go together to the Word of God. We are reading today from John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. You can find this in your bulletins or using the Bibles in front of you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is already is condemned already. Because he has no belief in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people love darkness rather than light. Because their works are evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. And does not come to the light. Lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it might be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you today with thankful hearts. For your love that you send your only son to die for us, to give us eternal life, and that we will not perish. We thank you for what you have done. It is all your glory, it is all your honor, it is all our blessing. It is all your mercy upon us. We pray, Lord, that as we consider these verses this afternoon, that you will speak to our hearts, that you will remind us of how loving you are, how gracious you are. And we pray for those, Lord, that are not yet there, that have not yet trusted in you, Lord Jesus, for salvation, that you will open the eyes of their hearts so that they could experience new life in Christ. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you came today thinking that we will be studying one of the stories of uh, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ that are in the Gospels. But let me tell you a little bit about the providence of God. Let me tell you a little bit about the providence of God. I'm preaching from this passage because I'm preaching through the book of John. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing a series of sermons from the book of John. And, and in this test, because this is the test that I'm supposed to preach on from that series of sermons. But if you were here last week, you will have heard 
that the passage that we read finished like this. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. That was Jesus announcing to Deaconimus that he will be lifted up on the cross to die for our sins. So this is a week before resurrection and crucifixion week. So Jesus was announcing last week what will happen this weekend. Again, I didn't plan that. And today we are coming to this passage in which basically John the evangelist is explaining why Jesus Christ have to come, die on the cross, and rise again. I didn't plan that. And you just heard this morning two sermons from the resurrection in which Liam finished the sermon quoting this passage from the scriptures. We didn't plan that. And today you just heard the scripture reading read about the resurrection. And my two brother elders who have been reading through this book has been reading because it's a series of reading that landed today in the resurrection. And Liam preached from that same passage this morning at 7.30 in the sunrise service. So do you hear about the providence of God? God plans all of this so that we could praise him for what he has done and give him all glory and honor. Yes, this passage is not about the resurrection, but this passage again explains why Jesus Christ came and died on the cross and came back from the death. Explain why did God send his son to do this. And we can celebrate today that the Lord is risen. The Lord is risen. I was expecting your answer. <laughs> there are four questions that I do ask this passage. I often land in questions. I finish uh, my outlines uh, arriving to questions that I ask to the test because I find that the test is always giving you answers to questions that are in your heart, in your mind, or questions that you are not even asking. Sometimes I change these questions into points, but I decided to leave these questions, ask questions, as our points today for the sake of making the message very clear. One important thing that you will see is that these questions are very simple, basic questions. These are questions that, that if I ask you, if I pick one of those of you who have been Christians for at least a couple of years or even a year, you will give me the answers right away. Even though you might not be even reading the test, it's because they are very clear uh, in any presentation of the gospel. And the first question that we can ask the test, and I, I challenge you, brothers and sisters, not to, to think right away, I know the answer, this is the answer, ding, ding, dang. But it's more about how this is refreshing in your heart, the gospel. Reminding you why we are here celebrating that Jesus Christ is alive. The first question is, why did God send, why did God give his son? Why did God give his son? Because we're reading here that 
so God loved the world that he gave his only son. And I think before we do that, it's important we, we put this test in the context. This test is coming after a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is being confronted by Jesus in which Jesus, first of all, exposed Nicodemus' condition. Nicodemus, you need to be born again. Even though you are the teacher of Israel, even though you know the scripture very well, the only way you can see the kingdom of God and be in the kingdom of God is that you are born again, born of the Spirit, that the Spirit of God gives you new life. That's the only way you will be able to see the kingdom of God and to be a member of the kingdom of God. You need to experience a spiritual rebirth, a work of the Spirit in your heart, Nicodemus. The second thing that, Nicodemus, that Jesus does in his conversation with Nicodemus is that Jesus confronts Nicodemus' unbelief. The problem was not so much that Nicodemus didn't have information or witnesses of what God does in somebody's heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. The problem was that Nicodemus did not believe. But Jesus didn't send Nicodemus home hopeless because he closed his conversation, at least at this point, with Nicodemus with a presentation of the gospel. He pointed Nicodemus back to the Old Testament, to a passage that he will knew very well, in which a serpent was lifted up in the desert, and the Israelites will see the serpent and will be healed from the poison that they will receive from serpents, and they will be saved from dying. And that passage was pointing to Christ being lifted up on the cross to save us from the poison that every human being has, which is sin. Nicodemus was going home, will finish his conversation with Jesus with a clear presentation of the gospel. And what happens here in this test is that we move from the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus and John start to expand in what it means what Jesus has told Nicodemus. And that's a very important distinction that we see in the test. Verses 1 through 15, we are seeing an interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus and the last words from Jesus and in chapter, in verse 15. But here, in verse 16, is now John, the evangelist, speaking and explaining to Nicodemus and to us all what Jesus has been teaching to Nicodemus. So the first question again is, why did God give his son? There are three simple answers that you could find from these verses, or from this verse, verse 16 in particular. The first one is because he loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So first of all, what does it mean that God gave his son? It means what you find also in verse 17, for God did not send, is that God sent his son into the world. That God sent our Lord Jesus Christ willingly because the will of the Father is the same as the will of the Son. He sent him into the world and he took flesh and he dwelt among humans 
in order to go to the cross, in order to die, and on the cross bear our sins, receive the punishment that we deserved so that we could be saved. God sent Jesus into the world. This is that God the Father gave his only son. But why did he give it? He gave it because of love. Because he loved the world. And what does that mean? Does it mean that, that God is saving every single person in the world? Well, we, we see from the following verses when, when John says that the judgment, that this is the judgment, that light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. Therefore, no everyone will embrace this truth. It is whoever believes, whoever believes is the one who will experience the love of God. But the world that John is talking about here is the nations, it's people from all the nations. The promise that was given to Abraham that through you all the nations will be blessed is what John is talking about here. And here we have an example of that. We could hear a hymn sung by our brother in Korean and Spanish. And we can hear prayers in different languages because God loved the world. God loved the nations. God loved the nations. So the first reason why God gave his son is out of love for you who have belief in him. The second one is that we will not perish. And that exposes us to the reality that every single human being is perishing or will perish. And I'm not talking about physical death. Yes, this is no, no mystery. We all we will all die. We are all dying or walking towards our death. But here, John is talking about the eternal separation from God. He's talking about experiencing eternity in hell. Because the reality is that every single human being will live forever. The, the difference is that some will have a destiny with God in the presence of God forever, enjoying his presence, and others will perish by experiencing the wrath of God for an eternity. So God gave his son because he loved the world and because we will perish. We, will be, we, will, we were perishing. And the second or the third thing, sorry, is so that whoever believes will have eternal life. So God loved the world. He didn't want us to perish, but he wanted us to have eternal life. And there is the contrast, the contrast between living under the wrath of God for an eternity versus living under God's grace, love, and mercy for an eternity. In this world, we experience, the, every human being experiences what we call the common grace of God. We see the sun. Well, that's not the sun. That's lights that are coming from the building. But we see the, but it's like a sun hitting my eyes. But we see the sun every day. We experience the rain. We experience all these beautiful blessings from God. But this is only common grace that God gives to all human beings. 
That we will have eternal life is that we will live with God in his presence without his wrath for an eternity with all, without all the consequences of our fallen nature. So three reasons why God gave his son. Because he loved us so that we will not perish and so that we will have eternal life. If I stop there and we leave this room, we should leave rejoicing. We should leave celebrating and praising God just because we know this. This is why this verse, John 3, 16, is one of the most famous and well-known verses in the Bible. Because it, it is a beautiful expression of God's grace, mercy, and love for his people. But here is the second question. What was the mission of the Son? What was the mission of Jesus? We find this in verses 17 and 18. So it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The mission of the Son was to save the world. And remember, the world means people from all nations, people who believe, people who will believe in him. He didn't come to condemn the world because the world was already under condemnation. Look what verse 18 says. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. It is not that he came to, to bring condemnation, but he came to people who were already under the condemnation of God. But he, he's coming to bring good news. Good news that God has seen with mercy his people and he has provided a way out of condemnation. He has provided a way for salvation. So the son came to save people. That's the mission of Jesus Christ when he came for the first time. Now we know that our Lord Jesus Christ will return and we know that when he will come, there will be a judgment day. There will be a moment when, when it depends of you believing or not believing if you will be in eternity with God forever. And you know that this believing or not believing depends on the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. It depends on new birth that has happened in your heart. So what, what was the mission of the Son? The mission was to save the world. He did not come to condemn, but to bring salvation to people. Every time the gospel is presented to people, it's presented as good news. It reveals a problem. It reveals bad news of the condition of every human being, but it's actually always good news. The good news is that Christ paid on the cross. If you believe, you will be saved. Third question, then, why do some people reject salvation and prefer to perish in their sins? Why is it that some people would rather choose that route? Verse 19 says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their works are evil. There is an interesting contrast here. God loved the world 
and the world love darkness. God loves the world and the world loves darkness. The reason why people will perish is because it's in their nature to love darkness. There will be always the, the, the option presented before them and the, 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 the thing that they will choose is darkness. Even when darkness have the appearance in the world of something good. Oh, but I'm doing good. I'm helping people. I'm, I'm doing something that, that is good that helps others. But if it's no glorifying God, which is what we were created for, it is darkness. It is darkness. For everyone who does wicked things, hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Everyone that is confronted with the light, the light of Christ, wants to run away from Christ because the light makes darkness uncomfortable. So why do people prefer to perish in their sins rather than salvation? It's because they love darkness. It's because their eyes of their hearts are not open and they cannot see the truth of the gospel. It's because when they hear the message of the gospel, they are not hearing a message that makes sense in their hearts because these things are only understood through the power of the Holy Spirit. They will not think about perishing. They, they don't see themselves as people who are perishing. They might see themselves as people who eventually will die, but they will even think that when I die, I will rest. I rest. This is how many people in the world see death. I, I die and, and that's it. But that's not the truth. The truth is that everyone will go into eternity. Some will perish and some will have eternal life. Then the last question is, then why do some people welcome the light and are saved? And I like to read for you a few verses. You can look in your Bibles. If one from John chapter 10, verses 25 through 28. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hears my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hands. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Because they are part of me. John 6, 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. John 6, 65. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it's granted him by my Father. If we go back to John since 321, the passage we are looking at today, you will see that in this verse. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it might be clearly seen that his works has been carried 
out in God. The reason why people come to faith and understand the gospel and, and trust in Jesus is because they are moved by God to do so. It is the power of the Holy Spirit in the person's heart. What makes the difference between those described in verses 18 and 20 and verse 21 is know that the person from verse 21 is better than those in 19 and 21 who follow their darkness and uh, uh, suppress the truth and run away from the light. The reason is because the work of God in their hearts, in his work, has been carried out in God. It is God who brings people to himself. It is God, again, the one, as Jesus was telling Nicodemus, who produces new birth in the heart of an individual, giving him the ability to see the truth of the gospel and to enter into the kingdom of God. So what does this do to us as believers, first of all? First of all, I think that this should move you to praise and glorify God for all you are in Christ. It is not up to you. It is not you who came to God. It is God who came to you. It is God who loved you when you were lover of darkness. It is God who changed your heart when you were dead in your sins and trespasses. It is God who gave his son so that you could be saved, so that your sins will be paid off on the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ. That should move you to give glory to God. Look back to verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. These two words, so and that. For God so loved the world that God loved you to the extent of giving his only son so you will be saved. And remember who you were. You were a lover of darkness. And yet, God loved you and gave his son so you could be saved. Now, if you are not yet a Christian, consider this offering of salvation that is for you as well. That if you are one of those mentioned here, whoever believes in the son will not perish but have eternal life. My uncle, who was a good evangelist and who will share the gospel uh, with anyone around him, every time he will take a taxi or wherever he will go, he will see that as an opportunity from God to share the gospel. We'll tell people at the end of his conversation, this is a case of emergency. He will say, I mean, don't think too much. Of course, he knew that the one who will do that work in the person's heart was the Holy Spirit, but he will tell him, you don't know what is going to happen after this conversation. Because some people will say, I will think, I will wait, maybe when I'm older, I just want to enjoy life now. As if you cannot enjoy life as a believer. But he will tell people, this is the time. It is today. The offering of salvation is for you today. 
if you believe in Jesus, you will have eternal life. My prayer for you is that you will believe in Jesus today. That's my prayer for you. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you that you love people who didn't love you, that you love people who were dead in sins and trespasses, that you, in your mercy, sent Jesus, your only son, to die on the cross, to receive the punishment that we deserved, and to transfer to us his righteousness. We, we don't have words, enough words to thank you. We, we can just say, Alleluia, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.